Today, this is Steve from Lost in Translation, the Park Whiskey Society podcast, and I'm here with Hey, it's Sean. I'm sitting right beside Steve. First time in a while that we've been together. I love how you said that. Hey, it's Sean. I'm sitting right beside Steve. Uh, so we're yeah, this is kind of the first time that we've gotten together since Christmas holidays, and I was down in the in the U.S. Even the two gallivanting around the two episodes we recorded before Christmas, I was on the capital. I was on quarantine, so oh yeah, that's right. Do it remotely. So it's kind of cool to get back together and drink some whiskey together. We thought we'd just do an episode with no guests and just the two of us chatting about nothing, catching up on the holidays and everything that happened and how the storming of the capital went. (laughs) <laughs> you haven't been yeah. found out yet, so that's good. That was the first one there. Yeah, they haven't figured out that you were Canadian the guy flag at the front with the fur horn helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the one that stole all the laptops inside <laughs> too. Yeah, it's pretty much all my fault. But um, so, it, well, actually, before we get going, first NHL <sighs> evening, like how crazy is that's going to be? Cool. Although, man, I like. The one thing that's been nice about not having NHL for the last five months is I don't have to listen to fucking Toronto oh, God. sports media. Man, I can't stand those guys. And this morning it was all Mitch Marner f- comparing John Tavares to Iserman and all this <laughs> stupid crap. And everyone, like all the insiders are all predicting Toronto and Calgary and then Dry Settle yesterday comes out and he's just like, uh, I don't think everyone Realize realizes here. that we were actually the best team in Canada last year. So you can basically all go fuck yourself, which is what he <laughs> wanted to say. But but oh. like we don't ever get any respect and and f- whatever for, for good measure because you know we've, we've sucked yeah. for a long time. So no nobody cares about us. With the but. amount of skill that we've had come through and leave our town, our team, um, it is laughable. But hey, it's a new year every year. We can say that it's a new year, new hope for sure. It just, of course, it's Toronto and Calgary that people are predicting to be top division because they're the two people that we or teams that we hate the most. Yeah, that's okay. We'll, can, see, we'll see in April what happens. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm pretty stoked about tonight and just is, to have hockey back, man. Yeah. Like we oh. like we've only had what four Oilers games in the last eight months, nine months, something Ten like months. that. Ten months, like that's crazy. <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. The funniest thing I saw yesterday was. I was driving around taking pictures of bottles and uh, listening to the sports radio. And of course they released the top 50 NHLers, the list. So oh, I didn't see that. So McDavid first. Yeah. And then uh, where was dry on that? Three. Who was ahead of dry? Austin Matthews. No, because that's off. C- c- what? I think so. No, I couldn't have been. Oh no. McKinnon. Sorry. McKinnon. Yeah. Okay. And then Matthews was, I think like, fifth. And then, of course, they were talking about it with guests on the shows and stuff on the radio. And they were saying, like, Matthews could end up leading the league in goals. But that's only one part of it. Like, yeah, it doesn't make him the best. McDavid player, was right? third in scoring last year, or second, whatever. He had no he tra- had no offseason, no offseason, major surgery. He yeah. was still recovering game one of the season. He was barely walking for and half the summer. He now he's had 10 months <laughs> to get ready. And now he's pissed off. Well, and him and. <laughs> 
him and Matthews were training together down in Phoenix for a long time. That's how they both got COVID. Yeah. Well, I didn't even realize they both got COVID. Yeah. They, it's not how they got it, but they both did end up get, catching. So we'll get the rumor mill going right now. How, <laughs> how did they catch COVID from one another? <laughs> uh, but I did hear that uh, McDavid, because he was training with Matthews, worked on his shot and his release. So Well, I, I noticed in a couple of the, like they were doing the highlights for the, the scrimmages and stuff like that. He actually took a couple one timers. Yeah, I'd never seen before. <laughs> no, I thought his I thought his stick was going to blow up in his hands because he didn't know what he was doing. But he, he actually even got it on that. So yeah. good for him. Yeah, I'll definitely <laughs> be pouring a big hefty couple drowns tonight and sit down and watch it. Oh, I can't wait. Like I might even record it and watch it again. Well, that's if they win, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> so today we're we're gonna. Well, obviously we're just sitting here, we're chilling, we're talking, and we're gonna we opened a couple bottles couple brand new whiskeys to our neck well of the woods. to our neck of the woods and, and really the world within the last year right yeah so this first one that we're getting into here is the bladnock 15 uh adela it's uh a it's fully aged in oloroso casks uh as far as i know it's mostly second fill with just like a small percentage of first fill because yeah. there's no way that it's first fill no. 15 years but it's not definitely not dark enough for no and uh strong rich enough kind of thing this is the one i picked for my lowland whiskey of the year in my year-end review on instagram yeah it was why did you pick it as uh your favorite it's the only lowland i drank <laughs> all year <laughs> yeah yeah like what other new lowlands yeah i mean Ockintosh and rebranded everything but yeah which i don't even like any other new brand i like yeah, the, the old branding, old branding. it's kind of i don't know like what what's the point what's the point of rebranding when like why fix something that's not broken it just costs your company money yeah, I mean, my favorite distillery, Glen Goyne, did the same thing. I actually, I actually like their new stuff. Yeah, their new stuff's not and bad. And they did it to be more... Uh, they source all the materials from Scotland, which is different. And it's all, I believe, 100% renewable um, sourced material. So, um, so yeah, and, may, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a function of new business relationships and, and designers or, or who knows, right? Yeah, so. and keeping it in-house, you know, close to home. Instead of sourcing stuff from you know the U.S. or yeah. elsewhere in Europe, but yeah, for sure. Uh, so I don't know. Right off the bat, you get a like a really you get a really decent or nice nose on it. Yeah, for first or for full mature fifteen years, you get the Oloroso, but it's not uh, it's not a bomb by any means. No, it's not a bomb, and you still get a bit of like youthful bite mm-hmm. to it almost in the nose. Hey. Yeah, it's, it, it has a lot of those rich fruits and, and typical Oloroso nose. Yeah, you can s- sort of smell like behind the fruits that little bit of spice that comes from Oloroso as well. Yeah. It's pretty, it's fairly light. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not, not like an overly rich dram. It kind of reminds, honestly, it reminds me of like a Glen Farkless or something like that, where it's in, in not, not in this, like not the same profile, but in the sense that it's not over. Like the, the cask isn't overpowering the spirit. Yeah. You still get the, you still get the sweetness and stuff. And that's yeah. probably just because of the second fill Oloroso. Yeah. If they would have used all fresh Oloroso barrels, it would have been a, a much bomb. Yeah. Thing. Much, much different. And so the, the Bladnock distillery has had kind of a, a weird past over the last few decades kind of thing. Cause it was, 
it was owned and bought by Arthur Bell and Son, which uh, which was then taken over and folded into the Guinness and and which is now obviously Diageo. But it's from and that, that was back in 1983, and then in 1993, only ten years later, they decommissioned it. So I don't I don't know what they didn't like about it or whatever because as far as I know, it's it's a nice area and it, and like a nice tourist attraction. So then it, it was a year after that, in 1994, that a couple of brothers from Ireland, which their name escapes me, purchases the distillery to get it going again. And it took them six years to persuade Diageo to allow them to make a hundred thousand liters a year. So there must have been some sort of some sort of contract or when they bought it. Either that or they they obviously they still owe Yeah, when they bought it, there was some sort of term that didn't allow them to produce whiskey. Yeah, yeah. which is which is kind of weird. So it, six years after they started producing again. But then they ended up mothballing the distillery once again in 2009, 2010. And in 2014, the brothers placed it into administration. So like this distillery has been all over the map lately. And now finally in 2015, uh, there was a a new, uh, I think he was Australian that purchased the, purchased the distillery. His name was David Pryor, and he, along with an ex-Scotch Whiskey Association CEO, uh, Gavin Hewitt, decided to purchase Bladnock, and then they put kind of the the future and um, present plans into place for the for the distillery. And it, so it wasn't until 2015 that it actually reopened and distilling once again, and and all that kind of stuff. So it's exciting because there's not a lot of lowland options out there. No, and it, it, so it, obviously with this stuff being age statement back to the you know early two thousands, when they bought it in twenty fifteen, they obviously got all the stock that was there too. Mm-hmm. I would assume, which is yeah, cool. I would assume so. And now they're going through all that old stock and uh, putting it to bottle, and they kind of. I'm I, I'm assuming they're they're look. They've got a whole plethora of stuff to to go through, and it's probably going to take some time to organize it. But they've released up to a twenty five year. Yeah. And they've released a bunch of single casts, I think, in, in Europe and in the UK and stuff like that. So they're uh they're hitting the market fast. And the one thing like the one thing that stands out most for me is these bottles. Oh. <laughs> like the they're cork and the bottle design. They're gorgeous. Like yeah. and, and that's like they are a little the price tag is a little heavy on these, but man, I I feel like they spent $75 alone on these bottles. Like they are heavy. They got to be like four pounds, yeah, four or five pounds. The cork alone is like half a pound. You could whip that yeah. across the room and, and kill somebody. somebody. Kill it. Kill somebody. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Exactly. Yeah. One interesting thing is uh, I was part of a book club um, with the Alberta Scotch Society in the spring, kind of right after COVID happened and uh, they did it virtually one of the first books and the only one that I've really delved dove in head deep with them was, uh, the Ralphie book. And oh, yeah. he talks in pretty extensive in one or two chapters about visiting Bladnock. I don't know the timeline that he was talking about, like which owner it was, but he does mention that it was a pretty, pretty big tourist attraction. And then when he was visiting, it was kind of after that had ended. So I'm guessing it might've even been once the new owners got in there and he raves about the whiskey that was coming out of there. And at that time that he was talking about, it was still kind of unknown and almost like a, se- a secret that he kept to himself. He mentions that. So now it's, you know, you 
pretty much find these bottles anywhere, which is, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it, it's always nice to see a new, a new product on the shelf, a new option, something new to taste. And that, and that's kind of what it's been for me. Um, and like the, that lowland style spirit, like they do have that typical lowland style spirit, right? That yep. grassy, malty, even I find it's got a, like a tiny bit of the, like spiciness to it, similar to, to similar to the Aki's. Yeah. But it, yeah, I don't know what, like, what do you think about the dram now that you've had, had a few sips? Um, I mean, it's that, that, like you said, that lowland signature style comes out. You do get heavy malt with yeah. the Oloroso it blends nicely. And then you do have that little bit of spice, whether it's from the, the way it's made or that Oloroso casking. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's sweet up front, fades off to a, a bit of a spice. It's a bit damn good whiskey yeah it's it's yeah it's a nice it's a nice easy it's a nice easy drinking sherry whiskey yeah like it's not overpowering it's not too rich you 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 can sit down and watch watch a hockey game with it yeah exactly it's not it's not a ton to unpack it's not a complicated yeah it doesn't pour or anything like that it doesn't command your attention but it holds your attention for sure when when you have and and you just know for a fact that for that for that regular drinker that's that's just looking looking for something new this bottle is going to draw them in because this the decanter style bottle that they have yeah is going to sit on a bar looking looking pretty (laughs) yeah you could put that by itself on a countertop and people will focus in on it for sure and marketing is half the battle when it comes to to anything so if you're marketing your product properly then yeah people are gonna buy it and drink it so that reminds me of the episode we just launched today with barry chandler his first ever tasting he literally picked the bottles to put in the tasting strictly based on the labeling and how they looked on the shelf so yeah exactly his first whiskey tasting he's like man i better prick some or pick some pretty stuff yeah or, <laughs> or people are gonna look at me weird you know it's usually a good way to get to buy something good most of the good stuff does is presented well that's for sure well so. and you know like like not all of it distilleries that have been around for you know 60 to 100 years and haven't changed haven't you know they can get away with you know the old school style labeling yeah Whereas Bladnock, you know, they re-release their stuff, brand new, have new labels. Yeah, they want something fresh. They look new. Yeah. They look... Uh, They're modern. Modern, yeah. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. No, it's... It, all in all, I I would recommend it. Like I said, it is a little... I'd say the price is a little steep. So that's going to be what they battle yeah. the hardest, for sure. Um, the whiskey inside is drinkable. It's good. Uh, I like that you can still capture an essence of their spirit yep. along with that Oloroso. So I, I figured that was, was a success. And in a lot of the reviews that I've read, uh, most of them have been good. Obviously you're not going to, not everybody reviews a whiskey the same. So you're going to get some crap reviews out there, but it, if, the, if there's anything I could recommend, try it for yourself because all our palates are different. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there are the elitists and the snobs that just because it's lowland, they won't even give it a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Similar to the Irish thing that you deal with, right? <laughs> if it's Irish, it's cop. Um, so all in all, good dram. Yeah, I Re- like it. Recommended yeah. by both of us. All right. So let's get into picking some unicorns. Once upon a time, the world was filled with magical creatures. The noblest among them were the unicorns. Giddy up. Unicorn, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, unicorn, giddy up, giddy up.
giddy up, 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 giddy on a few unicorns like or a few sorry a few bottles that are well they're now unicorns already because i can't even find them around the city like that stupid glen Morangi cake oh I which i don't like is it got is it unicorn status because it's just because it's not available like did they create unicorn status before anybody could even taste it yeah they're, they're good at doing that for sure because i haven't even tasted it yet and i just want to especially when Josh, know your whiskey says it tastes like pineapple. Pineapples, like who doesn't love pineapple? <laughs> For God's yeah, sake, I've heard I've heard the pineapple note is found pretty prevalent, yeah. and then a lot of people say they got some sort of like vanilla icing, yeah, on, which lends its name to the cake <laughs> for sure. But like the other thing I've gotten is like some people put it pretty simply, and they're just like, yeah, it's Glen Morangi. Yeah, which, or Glen Morangi or however you want to say it, right? And and that's it. They leave it at that. So it's okay. So is it? What is it? Is it an inspiring dram? Uninspiring dram? Is yeah. it? Is it good? Is it bad? Like Glen Morangi for the most part makes good spirits. So and like a lot of their finishings do tend to be on the sweet side. Like La Santa, for, the Quinta Rubin, for sure. Yeah, the yeah that like the fourteen year Quinta Rubin, the port. Yeah, that one's a, a sweet. Yeah, if, if, if somebody, somebody asks me for a sweet whiskey, that a sweet scotch, that's the direction I point them in every time. Yeah, it's like juice. Yeah, like tomato. Tomato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I don't know, like my my unicorn that I would uh, that I would pick kind of thing for from recent from recent uh, bottles that I've opened would probably go the Mortlac from uh, Carmore. No. and morrison distillers because choose rare yeah choose rare indeed this the, the outturn rare that entire outturn was just phenomenal and i applaud i applaud everything that they're doing now i love the new bottles i love it like i just and even uh rare drams travis and bob and and bearded dave kenny and bearded dave and everyone involved they they do they're doing such a great job getting this whiskey out to the drinkers in our region and they are selecting amazing amazing whiskeys well, to put in our market it is it, you know it's it's not something that was falsely created into unicorn status but it was as soon as these bottles arrived and the whiskey community got their hands on them they went up in status and like you said like this mortlock you know the store that we tend to get our rare drams from um they had to release it twice they got one in one shipment in and it went like within a day mm -hmm. and then they got a second shipment in, and that went just as fast so the word obviously got out all the way across canada um but yeah like you said every single bottle in this outturn was unbelievable unbelievable they, they obviously yeah. you know i was a bit skeptical when i heard that they were rebranding again because it was just a year ago this weekend that we did a launch for their new labels so in a year they relaunched labels and branding again. Yeah. But this this took it to another step. Like the, everything it blew my mind. Like I knew it was going to be good. Yeah. But, but everything from the corks to oh, everything. The the labels, the bottles themselves, like everything's absolutely gorgeous on these ones. Yeah. First class, top notch. And I, I feel like I've been plugging 
Josh know your whiskey a lot <laughs> today, but he named it. Did he not name it as whiskey of the year? Yeah. One of two. Yeah. Yeah. One of two. So it's that that's a pretty high status from someone that I really, really regard and respect in the whiskey world. Someone, well, yeah. someone who's tried a lot of whiskey and puts a heavy amount of consideration into that pick. And this, he, this bottle, he only would have acquired at Christmas and for it to blow him away that much that he, Knocked, it, off, like, knocked off 12 knocked months off. worth of whiskey. Well, exactly. That like that that says something. And I I didn't even try this whiskey before Christmas. I tried it when I got home and just just because I was seeing the post and I was gone. And I, yeah, I've only been through the neck and I'm just blown away. Oh, and it gets better from there. Like, like I will drink, I'll I'll get through this thing so quickly. The one thing with Josh is everybody knows he's a huge Lechik fan. You know, he likes that funky Pete heavy style. But for me, he's like He's an Oloroso connoisseur. Any yeah. Oloroso sherry type finishing or casking, he's all over it. And he'll be the one that'll tell me like, oh, you got to try this one. You got to try this. It's, you know, it's it's that heavy Oloroso. And for him to pick this as one of his whiskeys of the year mm-hmm. and it's sherry maturation. And he put it perfectly. It's like the perfect balance of the old Mortlock style with the new Mortlock style. Yeah. And yeah, I can't agree. It's I can't agree more. It's 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 phenomenal. And I the only downfall is I wish I had two because I have a feeling I'm going to drink the first one pretty quick. Well, it's, um, I am, I did, I bought a few, but I'm going to put, I'm going to put it in a, in a virtual tasting yeah, for the club. Enough. So we'll be able to enjoy it at least well, not only once that, again together and, and with everybody. There may only be a handful of us in the club that actually got the bottle. So to be able to share it with everybody else and it's they, pretty cool. they'll be able to see like why it was picked whiskey yeah, of the year. Absolutely. It was one of my, uh, I think it was my space side whiskey of the year as well. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. So no, that's yeah, awesome. no, it's definitely already reached unicorn status as my pick has as well. This was my overall whiskey of the year for 2020 and no surprise. Kill Holman near the top. Every, every time I make a list <laughs> and, uh, I know it's sacrilegious. It's, yeah. It's sacrilegious to some, but it's <laughs> my favorite distillery from Isla. And, um, there's just some like, just authenticity and they're the only no yeah. like it's just something about it when you drink Kilholman. yeah they're they're the only independent distillery yeah. which is one thing but you know half the releases use the barley they grow on their own farm um you go for a tour there and you get to go walk the fields you get to go into the distillery see the malting floor see where they peat their own malt for when they do that um yeah the the one i picked was the pheno cask um it's incredible the first time i opened it and that it, was your whiskey of the year it might absolutely yeah like the, one. the actual number one okay. yeah it was and uh again i bought it because i'm a kill home and fanboy and nothing I, wrong with that i'm pretty sure i opened it that night that i got home with it and it blew me away i poured probably four glasses that night let them sit for an hour let them drink one right away and mm-hmm. it just kept getting better and better so the next day I phoned around, they were all gone. It was yeah, like, I didn't even know that Kill Holman was that popular. Well, and I think you texted me the day that it came out. Yeah. And I just so happened to be going to the drop that day. And so I was like, well, I guess I better get one. And, yeah. and the good thing I did, because literally the next day it was gone. I called around Everywhere. the city. I, I looked on <laughs> Connect and yeah. looked at every store anywhere near us. And even like Rocky Mountain House. And they were all sold out. And brands like Kill Holman have that effect. And then they're not putting out... 
like the the, the quantity is not massive on their bottlings. Right? Yeah, they don't so they, they don't that, have a huge capacity to do it. So they're yeah they're they're kind of they they'll naturally go unicorn status yeah. quickly because of supply. But in the same breath, there are there are a lot of good drinkable almonds on the shelf everywhere you go here right including some single barrel picks and that kind of thing so not all of them fly off the shelves in one day and this one managed to do that yeah which again goes to show you just how good it is and absolutely i'm trying now to wean myself (laughs) slowly go through that bottle did you get two no (laughs) Uh, that's always that's always the regret right yeah so when you're like oh damn this is so good and then sold out yeah it's gone oh well Well, should we talk about another dram here that we have poured yeah let's go dram number two all Um, right i'll introduce it this time um it took me a while to find this as sort of the story of the cake um it seemed to come onto shelves and disappear quickly and then slowly got released more into the into the city Uh, that's uh highland park their cast strength batch one um, it's hitting heavy at 63.3%. So it's a high, high cast strength. That's um, a young, but a fairly young whiskey. So you're going to get a high ABV. Yeah. I don't think it's, you know, do you some, think it's 12? Is it? Some people say it's the 12 not watered down. I think it tastes it's probably more a, like a 10. Kind yeah. Of thing. Like eight yeah. to 10. Yeah. Um, but the packaging on it, like all Highland park is, is pretty good. And the box that it came in, it, literally transparency they tell you exactly like first fill second fill whatever the different casking it's all sherry um you know it's american oak sherry seasoned casks so it's not so they're sherry seasoned yeah so it's not full which is similar to what like uh, mccallan does and stuff like that right because they're trying to produce more sherry casks than anybody else so they're not yeah Yeah, they're seasoning them themselves yeah but i mean it, it does come off strong no doubt, but you do get that sherry influence. And to me, it did taste similar to the 12 year, just on steroids is how I've told people it is. Yeah. And that's the review I've heard for the most part is 12, 12 on steroids, 12 yeah. castrating, 12, whatever. Right. It's, um, now we just got off the subject of unicorns. What do you think? Do you think, being that this is batch one of an apparent or expected series that Highland Park is going to be continuing on, do you think that this gets to a unicorn status? Like, is this a bottle that people should maybe go and get and and put in the bunker for later? Well, like, I think you should go get it, maybe put it in the bunker for later, anyways. But is like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, in terms of Highland Park themselves, I think this will end up being a unicorn sort of like the 21 the old 21 years um, like a unicorn among the highland park yeah fanboys or exactly cult kind of thing it'll be sought after once you know once they move on to batch two next year if that's how quickly they're going to do them um in terms of overall unicorn i think there is it was a pretty high outturn for this pretty high number of releases i'm not sure it doesn't say anywhere exactly how many but it's, you know, they released it in Europe a while ago and, um, well, September, 2020 is when it kind of hit shelves in the UK, Europe. Yeah. Here, I think some it was in like, the U S here, it was around Christmas. Yeah. It was November, maybe November yeah. I think was the first one that showed up. Um, but I remember calling around the stores 
and nobody had it on their shelves. So once I did see it, obviously I picked it up and I'm very glad I did. Now Highland Park, I've told many people the first full bottle of whiskey I ever bought myself was the Highland Park 12. So yeah. it holds a special place. Um, but yeah, this was, it was nice to see everybody that I've ever talked to about Highland Park always says, I wish that they would release something at cast strength. And now they have. Yeah. Everyone's been talking about that for a long time. Yeah. So it's definitely got some bite to it. Like you, it doesn't you get know. a You get a hint of that peat. Yeah. On the nose. Just, just like very, very slightly. Yeah. It definitely doesn't know it's like a peated whiskey. But you do get a hint of like, typical typical to Highland Park. If anything, and orky whiskey on the nose, it noses peat wise, anyways, not profile wise, but in the peat, same as like a Buna Twelve. You get that yeah. slight, slight hint of well, peat. It's in like the back three or four ppm. Yeah. It's very, very small. Yeah, and I think like the Highland Park Twelve, I think comes in at like eight to ten ppm. So you definitely get a lot of that spice and um, like mossiness. Yeah, yeah, earthiness. It's it just smells like. On the nose, I just get like wet forest. Yeah, I can get that. Right? Like heavy. It's got a heavy nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's heavy. And I don't find that you get the, the strength. I don't think you get the 63% no, you on don't. the nose at all. Uh, no, I can stick my whole schnoz inside this thing and take a big whiff. On the taste, you definitely get the You do. Heat. Especially in the finish, it's like yeah. all heat. Yeah, it just like <laughs> coats your throat. It's it's almost hard to, like, my first sip, I had a really hard time pulling the notes out of the finish because it's literally just all heat and spice. Yeah. I think when it when you, when you first get it in your mouth, the fruitiness of Highland Park hits first, and then, yep. then the heat builds, and then once the heat dissipates way after you swallow... You get back to that like heavy yeah. forest, you know? Yeah. Cause like, yeah, you're right. It starts with the fruitiness almost like as soon as you get to the back of your tongue, the rich, like it starts to get really rich yeah. on the tongue and you don't. Yeah. Like all the heat, all the heat comes in the throat mm-hmm. almost. Right. Like there's no, it's, it's a very inviting dram right off the tip of the tongue. So I'm going to put a little bit of a couple drops of water just to see how it, I literally, with what oh, I had left, I, I doubled it. I basically added the same amount of water. So did you see? <laughs> but I mean, rolling it in the glass, they can't see it, obviously. But the the it's legs lighter. are still heavy on it. It's super oily. It yeah, it's a very heavy, very heavy spirit, which is nice from Highland Park. I don't find their their normal stuff too too heavy. No, no, that's true actually. But but not a lot of their normal stuff's cast strength. <laughs> Nothing is cast strength exactly. <laughs> pretty much. It's uh honestly it does nothing to the nose no. to me at all. Like it's even got the same that same earthy force floor. Yeah, yeah, it does nothing to the nose. It almost picks up on the oiliness. Yeah, it got more oily with water and it took all the bite off. It did actually. It's really good with water. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't I don't typically drink with water very often. The, the first time I which tried is a this fault honestly because yeah. You should be, uh, I try to get in the habit of tasting everything with a little bit of water just in case, because water sometimes can do world of wonders for some ways. And you know, it's funny you say that because when I first, for the first probably two years that I got into whiskey, I would always try it. The first pour I try neat and then I would add water to it just to see. And I kind of got away from that. Just, you know, uh, whether it's quantity of drinks or whatever, and just pour three and just drink them, Mm -hmm. you know, um, 
yeah, I'm glad that we did this with water because yeah, for I sure. Think, I don't know if I'll drink it without water now. No, it's it actually makes it a much more drinkable whiskey, and considering it's only like it's only a hundred dollars, yeah, retail. Um, so you're gonna get you're, you're still you're gonna get the kind of a range of drinkers that are gonna buy this whiskey just because it's in a it's in a good price range, and good they're gonna, they're gonna see it they're gonna see it sitting beside the twelve in between the twelve and the eighteen and. And buy the tattoo and that kind of thing. And it's like people are going to buy it not realizing that that the heat that it kind of packs with it. Because well, not, not everybody is a, not everybody likes or drinks cast drink whiskey. They're going to, but they like Highland Park. That's what I was just going to say. So, They'll see it on the shelf as a new Highland Park release. And if they're not, if they're used to Highland of, Park, yeah, exactly. they're not going to expect no. that kick in the throat. No, for sure. It's, it carries so much heat with it that they're going to be like, oh, what the heck? But if you're if you're that drinker, man, like I put, I think I put three or four drops of water in my half ounce little pour and it did wonders for that whiskey. Yeah, it didn't diminish any of the flavors. It brought no. a more oily mouthfeel. And with that, the flavors kind of bouquet even a little bit more yeah. kind of thing right and that i love that heavy mouthfeel and that's usually what i'm afraid that water will do yeah but exactly. this kind of heightened it which was nice like it brought out the fruitiness the sweetness that yeah. you know that sherry seasoned cask that highland park's known for and then same with the forest floor kind of mossy note like yep. it, it kept that which was nice yeah that mossy kind of herbal yeah uh, vegetal vegetal yeah. lots lots of words for that which i mean that that comes from <laughs> lots of tasting buzzwords we could say yeah <laughs> marzipan Mar- <laughs> fuck marzipan seriously oh man uh, i saw i saw something I for hate christmas that tasting and it was like so much. this it was like after christmas i was in a store and saw like clearing out christmas stuff and it literally was like marzipan was like the biggest word on the thing I'm like get out of here <laughs> No, but oh, yeah. I, I think that leans back to the Highland Park peat. They use the the very heathered peat because that's all they have up in Orkney. And yeah, it's it brings it all out. I think with water, you know, you're going to double how far this bottle goes if you add water every yeah. time. No, definitely try it straight. Try it neat. Well, I think I think every whiskey you need to try both. Yeah. I, like, yeah. You'll get, them. You'll try get, them neat. Try like because you want to know. You want to figure out the way that you can enjoy it most. Yeah. And you know, adding Meat water with water, with ice, people, with whatever you want. Some people add one or two drops. Yeah. Other people, you know, put an ounce in an ounce of water. And some people like Bruce Lee in the bottle kicking you in the throat. And that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Especially when it gets a little later in the night. Mm-hmm. I totally want a Bruce Lee kick in the throat. Or, you know, if you're a mate, I don't want Bruce Lee in my throat. No, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a whole nother ballgame. <laughs> but, you know, if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and your team just got beat 8 nothing by the Oilers, McDavid scored four goals, you want Bruce Lee to kick you to sleep. You heard him. Sean said it now. When's the date? When's the first game with Toronto? <laughs> they play him nine times. It's beautiful. <laughs> exactly. There's going to be lots of opportunity to get that 8 nothing win, victory over. Honestly, I, I, like, I don't think there could be a better day. That if we were able to see Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews drop the gloves, <laughs> do you imagine? <laughs> well, Matthew or uh, McDavid's got the reach. Oh yeah, for and sure. I feel like McDavid is just a little more vicious than Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews seems like kind of guy that gets fucked pedicures and manicures. He, he does. He seems like a pretty boy. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, did you see that 
like the the shitty mustache that he was growing for a little while. <laughs> it's like he was having someone pluck it in place every day. He's like, oh, I, when, play, I play near Quebec. I must look like a Frenchman. <laughs> you know, just kidding. When, just kidding. And then McDavid, McDavid looked like he didn't own a razor for like eight he, months. He looked like he rolled out from behind Roger's place onto, <laughs> onto the ice. Out of Yeah, exactly. Out of the garbage can. <laughs> no, for sure. Anyways, we should probably get into grinding some malts. No. Let's do it. Well, I've never been one for meeting new people or doing new things or eating new types of food. I've had the same haircut since 1978 and I've driven the same car since 1991. I've used the same wooden comb for three decades. I have one bowl. I still get my milk delivered by horse. Are you going to tell a man that he can't fart in his own car? I don't want to seem overdramatic, but I don't really care what happens here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to stay angry. I find that relaxes me. This is my hell. Should I? I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you start with this one. I've got a little bit of grind or malt to grind. Um, yeah, take take this away. All right, dark cloud. Yeah, dark cloud. Here comes. <laughs> here comes the dark cloud. Well, to start off my grinds my malt, I am going to go with certain aspects of the Canadian whiskey community. We know who the people who have high profiles are. They share tons of stuff on all platforms. Uh, Where I find what grinds my malt the most is certain areas of the country and it goes both ways. It's not one way street on this. Um, they definitely get access to certain whiskeys ahead of the rest of the country, or the rest of the world. So, for instance, like out here, we'll, we'll get two brewers from the Yukon before. I don't even know if they sell them in Ontario. They yet. don't. No. So um, they don't have enough. They don't just dis- or they don't produce enough. I don't yeah, think. exactly. And fair enough. And, you know, we preach the word of two brewers. They showed up in my end of the year lists every year. Um, and they make great stuff and I wish that we could share it with everybody. Shelter point. That's where I'm going with this. Is it? Okay. So <laughs> us out West, we've been lucky enough that we have Eau Claire. We have two brewers. We have shelter point. They're big brands for newer Canadian whiskey brands. They mm. seem to have just arrived shelter point out on, in the East Eastern time zone. Mm-hmm. And what grinds my malt is there's people out there that have just discovered it and they post about it all the time. Every post they have a bottle showing where they talk about it all the time. I even saw one person go as far as saying, Oh, I've discovered this new Canadian whiskey. It's great. I give you permission to drink it. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm laughing out here. I'm like, I've been drinking this for like five years. Like it's, it's, I have had numerous bottles. We've done tastings of just shelter point. So maybe we out West give you the permission out East to drink it. Boom. Mike dropped. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm uh, obviously it's a little little tongue in cheek to do this this way. I posted uh, just a random picture of just random. I think it was, I had one from every international whiskey market Mm -hmm. and I just put them on my table and took a picture and Lowen McKinnon from BC was on there. And I didn't even know, but they sell them in Ontario. 
And I had two, oh, really? two different people in two different cities in Ontario message me. Do and they say, sell them here? Yeah. You can oh, find them weird. Here. A few of them. BC, obviously, they have way Most, more yeah. of their... I'm not even sure I've ever tried a Lohan McKinnon. Lohan? Lohan. Um, <laughs> well, I picked up a Peated when I was in BC and oh, a couple yeah, summers okay. ago. And then um, I was actually with Josh and he was given a couple to review on his Instagram. Um, but yeah, these two guys in Ontario, they both messaged me within a day of each other said, Hey, like I found this, I noticed, I recognized it from your post. What can you tell me about it? And I said, well, by all means, like try it. Like it's not super expensive and they make good, good malted whiskey. Yeah. So they did. They're, they're a brewery first. Something like that. Yeah. They do. I think they do have a brewery. Or Surrey. Yeah. They're in Surrey. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, these guys in Ontario picked it up and then I saw them post about it and that's sweet. Like that's, that's generic and genuine. Yeah. And it's the, it's the non-genuine stuff that kind of grinds my mouth. <laughs> and I, I actually found out that if you're posting stuff, tell us is, how you really feel, Sean. I, I can't stand it. <laughs> um, I, I have a friend that it's not, it's not even somebody I know. It's just somebody I've met on Instagram Um, she lives in Halifax and she posts a lot of, she's, a basically she helps businesses grow online and just through her stories and stuff. She actually said it's against the law to post something as, as if you had it and not mention that it was provided to you for free. Or if there was an exchange, like a trade, yeah, you'd like legally are supposed to acknowledge the fact that or thing or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Like even put like. You know, and that's what I, I like when I post. If I get something for free, I always will put a note at the bottom saying thank you to yeah, and it, such and such. It goes for, back to the yeah. transparency, like how somebody in a province that is liquor controlled, mm-hmm. but yet posts numerous bottles of a brand that's not even sold in that province. For sure, I also think that the the laws probably vary from province to province as oh, well. For they might, sure, they're, yeah. they're definitely a little more strict over there than yeah. they are here. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't, you know, swap bottles with people in the whiskey community. It happens and it's never going to stop. But just be genuine when you're promoting a brand. Just be awesome. Yeah. Just try and be cool. (laughs) (laughs) My, uh, my grinds my malt today has actually nothing to do with whiskey. And it's only because I was driving this morning. I was driving out to drop a, uh, go go to my wife's office to drop her off a space heater because she was cold. But anyways, on the way home, I saw someone riding their bike, which what but people ride their bike in the winter here in Canada. That has nothing to do with it. But they're riding their bike with their mask on. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, you are like the only person breathing the air anywhere near you. Nobody else is around you. Take your like you are choosing to breathe your own exhaust, then breathe the fresh air that is right in front of you. It's like, come on! I seriously wanted to pull over and push him off his bike. Or like, <laughs> like you see it all the time. Stop it! Or people, they, people are walking. I know there's there's this this gentleman in my in my neighborhood that walks his dog with a mask on. He's been walking his dog with a mask on since last March outside. He's not anywhere near anyone. Come, just come on, please. The ones, the like, ones I love are the driving, the, driving by themselves in their car Why? with a mask. Like, yeah, I saw, or, yeah, I saw exactly. one with like, a what's mask the point? Like, and the full face shield. And I'm like, oh my what God, are you I know. Doing? And I like, I, I'm not, I'm not like a, not an active 
COVID hate or anything like that. Like, yes, it's a, it's a real thing. It's just, there's, there's certain, there's certain common, like <laughs> there's a common sense that needs to apply here. And wow. If, it, it, when, when something like this hits society, you just, it just opens your eyes how much common sense or how rare common sense actually is. I just can't believe it. Like <laughs> I was just floored by the fact this guy was riding. How do you breathe? I can't even run in, in a mask and breathe properly. It's like going to the gym with a mask on and eh, not doing it. Sorry. I'll work out at home. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just not for me. I don't know. It's and like, there, there's a lot of things that bug me with like the whole, I, I can go to Walmart and I can rub elbows with 200 people. But yet my neighbor's small business is going to go bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. Because they can't be open. It's not like there's any outbreaks tied to small businesses or or uh, hair salons or, or anything like that. But they are the people that are at home struggling while the rich just continues to get richer because they're the only option we have to shop for anything. And that that personally just absolutely disgusts me. Yeah, exactly. Aside from aside from the pandemic and everything that's going on, it, the, the damage that we're doing economically like it goes like you said, small business it goes back just, to common sense with the government they have none no, they're closing sure. industries that a bunch have of politicians had, playing doctors yeah that have zero cases of transmission over the whole entire pandemic they're closed but i know you know it's just sad it's really sad yeah it's yeah it's one of my best friends opened up a tattoo shop a couple of years ago and yeah she's struggling i feel for her and all her staff you know they're probably one of the cleanest places you can even absolutely enter. They, they had to be clean anyways. Yeah. Before the pandemic, they were the cleanest. Now they're even more, they're stretched out all their tattoo. They're literally like boothed off from each other yeah. and they can't be open because Jason Kenny sits in his mom's basement and says, Oh, I don't have any tattoos. We'll close them down. I'm going bald. I don't need haircuts. <laughs> I know. Even, close them down. even coming back from, uh, from the U S right. They put that new law in place that went into effect the day I was flying home on the, on the seventh that we had to have a COVID test to return to Canada. So you had to get a test in the States. In the States. Yeah. Okay. So we had to get, we had to get tests. We had to receive test results before arriving to the airport. And they want, they want the test to be done within 72 hours or completed within 72 hours of flying. But most tests don't even like we, even in Alberta, when you go get a test, you typically don't get it within 72 hours. Yeah. Unless you, Unless you're unless you're paying. being fast tracked or paying or something yeah. like that, right? So naturally, we went and got a regular test three days before, hoping that we get it. We didn't get anything up day before, so now we're scrambling to get a rapid test. And then they tell us at the border that a rapid test is not actually they don't accept it. And it's like, well, you realize it's the only option we had. And I'm sorry, but I wasn't a, uh, like I wasn't about to be stranded in the Denver airport. Yeah, we could get down this the COVID rabbit hole for. Oh. And this is not a political podcast, so I might even just edit some of that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, let's uh, let's get to the parting glass of this episode because we're running up on an hour here. Okay. Um, do you have a parting glass to take us to the finale? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's uh, especially since we la- launched this podcast, it's uh, just going into the community of whiskey and mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had more people reach out to me than I ever thought would because of this. Um, whether it's, you know, for my love of Irish whiskey, wanting tips, hints to, um, you know, other people starting up podcasts that 
aren't whiskey related or anything like that just wanting you know quick tidbits or you know tips and tricks Mm -hmm. so uh don't feel don't feel like like always feel like you can reach out to us absolutely we'll reply you know we both have day jobs so we may not reply instantly but um within a day or two we will get back to you whether it's whiskey podcasts anything related Edmonton Oilers (laughs) (laughs) um yeah for sure and I've always I've always kind of taken that approach since I since my account started well, that's how we, be, that's how we became friends. And stuff friends. like that. Yeah, well, exactly. I reached out and yeah. started talking to you, and then boom, now we're here to sit and that's <laughs> that's what we're here for. And I'm I'm gonna give you, I'm always gonna give you an honest opinion. Um, I even had new clubs reach out and ask what like uh, I don't know recommendations on on what to do for glassware and, and and opinions on on running a club and stuff like that. I'm always happy to to, yeah. to help anybody, honestly. And I sometimes it takes me a couple of days to get back to people. But that's only because. There's so much other no <laughs> shit going on, right? But I will always, I'll return every comment for sure. And that was, that was when we first even discussed starting this podcast. We we said we want it to be about the community, about the people in the community, more than about the brands or the whiskeys or whatever. Of course, we're going to talk about that stuff, but it's us talking to the community, and a conversation isn't one way. So we definitely love hearing feedback. You know whether. Yeah. yeah, tell us if we suck. Yeah, yeah it's, if you said, oh, you guys talked about <laughs> Kill Holman again. Jesus, stop. And you know what? We, Quit we, it, you stupid fanboys. We, we will listen and we will always. Good thing we're not spring break drinkers. Oh, God. So probably all we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but we will. We will correspond. We love it. We, we absolutely love hearing from you, talking to you, and discussing anything you want to discuss. So. That's the name of the game, community. That's the parting glass for this episode. Sounds good to me, buddy. Well, let's uh, sign her off with the cheers. I got a tiny, tiny yeah, I got couple drops left at Highland Park <laughs> here. But cheers to you, my friend. Cheers to everybody.